0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to Teens on a Mission podcast. I'm your host, Trey Vell. I'm so glad you are here with me today. Today, we had, um, we had a couple difficulties um, with the recording and stuff, so it's just going to be an audio this time. No video for this one. Um, but today, we're going to be talking about joy, and we're going to talk about what is joy, where does it come from, we're going to be talking about the difference between joy and happiness, and then we're going to be talking about how to get joy in the midst of my circumstances or your circumstances. Um, so first things first, um, what is joy and where does it come from? So the definition of joy is a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. That can be tears of joy, the joy of being alive, you know, you jump up really high and scream like that's what uh, most people um see and think about when they hear the word joy they see somebody smiling and laughing or getting really excited about something and that is joy that's a feeling of um joy like on christmas you get the present you've always wanted and it's just like wow i love it and you know you just feel that joy um come through you Now, something people often get mixed together with with this type of stuff is joy and happiness, which is what we're going to break down um, later, the difference between that. So before we move on any further, I want to take you back. Um, We're going to look at the Latin, Hebrew, and Greek meaning of joy. So it's based on the Latin gaudium from the word Goder, which means rejoice. Now we know in Philippians 4.4 4, it says rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. In Hebrew, the word simcha is ha in Hebrew. Simcha, joy, is one of the most prevalent words in the Bible. Together with its synonym seson, it appears in scripture over 400 times. And in fact, the English word sassy also comes from "seson." Now, I didn't get a chance to put this in it, um, in my notes, however. But one thing that I also learned when I was reading it, I believe this is correct. Um, but basically it said that ses- when "seson" and simcha are together, it actually is a word used for marriage and it um, describes um, it makes a, it's, it says somebody making like a beautiful word um, for marriage and what that means. Um, also in Latin, you have the source of pleasure or happiness is from the Old French and it means joy. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Joy is from the Old French um, and it means pleasure, delight, erotic pleasures, bliss, and uh, joyfulness. Now, in Greek, this is actually one of my favorite ones, and actually we can see how the the New Testament correlates um, with the Greek definition of this word. So, when we look at the Greek word for joy in biblical uh, context, uh, for Greek, the the word we find is is kara. Now, kara is used to describe one who rejoices. They're glad, and they have received joy. Now, if you didn't know, um, the original Old Testament... When it was first written, was written in Hebrew. And the New Testament was written in Greek. Now, we see in Greek that the word uh, kara, I believe I'm saying that right, kara, means... It describes someone who rejoices. They're glad, and they have received joy. Now we read earlier about Philippians saying how to rejoice in the Lord always. Also in Romans, we find that it says, "May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with the hope." By you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Psalm 16, we see, "You make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand." We're going, to tr- we're going to go briefly over that verse uh, in just a minute. Um, and then in James 1, we see, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. We're going to go over that, that verse uh, correlates with, with um, what we're going to talk about later as well. So before we go back to some of those verses, I want you to look at what is the difference between joy and happiness. Most people put these two different, um, feelings, um, and I can't really think of a word for it right now. But they, they put these two different words in the same category, and it's if you and if you look at so the, we saw the definition of joy is a feeling of great pleasure and happiness, right? Definition of happiness is feeling or showing pleasure or contentment, and they both have the same type of definition. However, there's two. Well, there's one main difference true happiness is just a feeling it is an immersive feeling that everything is you know basically good inside it's not just about you know riches and wealth it's the state of mind that you're when you're when uh it's like when one has a fulfilling and satisfying feeling um in his heart and happiness like i said is a feeling feelings don't Feelings will lie to us. Feelings will lead us astray. Feelings will not um, really bring us closer to God. Because as a, as a teenager especially, but throughout life, you're going to have different feelings about different things. You're going to change your mind every day. You're going to change your mind every year about something. That's based off your feelings and the way you feel about something. So the main difference between happiness and joy, as we can see, is that happiness is a feeling However, joy is a choice. The Bible tells us over and over to choose joy throughout throughout scripture, we see that God, God wants us to choose joy in our circumstances. In James, we saw in James 1, 2 through 3, like we just read, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And then it goes on um, what perseverance produces don't have time to get into that. But like I said, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Consider it pure joy. In the midst of everything you're going through, guys, in the midst of everything, whether you feel like you're drowning in water or whether you feel like you're the king of the world, no matter what, you still have to choose joy. Joy isn't like happiness. Happiness to me is almost like a drug. Like you can take it and it'll make you feel good for a while and you'll feel really good for a while, but it wears out. It doesn't last forever. Joy can joy lasts forever when you choose it. You have to choose joy. You can't let your feelings um, take away your joy and take away what God has in store for you. I mean Jesus, like he was on that cross, and he chose to forgive people. And that's something else we're going to get into later about maybe why you don't feel as much joy as you may have in the past. Um, but Jesus forgave people on that cross. Jesus was not mad. He was not angry. He was he was still loving people while he was on the cross. When he was getting spit on and punched on and beat and whipped. He wasn't cussing people out or getting mad at them or saying things towards them. He was just moving on. He kept himself silent and moved on and showed love to people. And every time every time he got whipped, if you think about it, every time he got whipped that was one person that sinned. Every time he got whipped, that person that whipped him, he was forgiving him already. He was forgiving the people that are going to sin even even before even before Jesus came on the earth. He forgave the people that were there before him, and the generations and generations that are after him. He's forgiven people. He's died for people that are being born right now at this moment. Everybody is born today, and every there every they're, okay not everybody, um but somebody. My bad, I use the wrong term. Somebody is gonna die today, and somebody is gonna be born today. Every day somebody dies, and every day somebody is born. And it's something that when I was really little, I always thought about this. I was like, you know, every, it's like every day somebody dies. And like some some people get more recognition and some people get, you know, big funerals and get put on the news everywhere. And But some people just die and you don't even know. I mean, somebody's going to die today of murder. Somebody's going to die today of sickness. Somebody's going to die today of cancer. Somebody's going to die today... Of Of a car crash. I mean, there's so many different ways. But somebody's going to die today and somebody's going to be born today. Whether it be through rape, whether it be through marriage, whether it be through um, just a relationship. No matter, somebody's going to be born today. And every single person is born today matters just like how every single person that dies today matters. People who... Died that you know maybe they're not celebrities or not known very well. Their death is should be just as much of a hurt as it is when Billy Graham died, as it is when uh, there there's when when the Queen of uh, England died. Every single death should be recognized, and we should feel a burden um, for that person and their family and what they're going through. Just like with birth, every single person. I don't care if you're born into homelessness i don't care if you're born into million dollar mansions i don't care you are just as much a person um if you're rich as you are if you're poor if you're in the middle if you're above and beyond rich if you have nothing you're just as much of a person all right we got to get back to um joy oh wow okay so anyway the second thing we're going to go over is how do i get joy in the midst of my circumstances Number one, remember joy is a choice. Guys, you got to remember that no matter the circumstances, you choose how you're affected by them because we cannot rely on happiness and pleasure. We can't look at everyone else's life on the outside and say how good of a life they have and they live and see all the money and fame they have and then because, you know, we might be tend to judge them or covet or something like that. Because just because someone looks good on the outside doesn't mean they look good on the inside. Doesn't mean they feel good on the inside. Doesn't mean just because they look happy and they have a smile on their face. Because a lot of times a smile is just to hide the pain. So many people smile, and smiles are beautiful. But there are people, and it may even be you, uh, smiles just hide pain a lot of times. It's because you look good on the outside. Just because that person you see on TV or on TikTok or on Instagram, that preacher you see, just because they look good on the outside does not mean that what's going on on the inside and in their family life is all that wonderful. It's all It doesn't mean it's all that magical. And I mean, sometimes in life, you know, we're really high up. Sometimes we're low. Sometimes we cry. Sometimes we have so much joy and happiness Sometimes, you know, we're in the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. Even Paul said, I've been through the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. And God's been with me through it all. And I want to I actually read something out of the Bible. It talks about this. And this paragraph really sums up life. Um, it's in Ecclesiastes 3. It's in Ecclesiastes, one of the most depressing books. But it says, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. And a time of war and a time for peace. Everything in life that happens to us has a purpose. And everything in life, whether it hurts a lot or it doesn't hurt that much, every single thing has a purpose. And it's something I'm learning um, as of right now, something God's speaking to me even as I'm talking about this right now. There's things going on in my life that I just feel like why is this happening, what's, I mean, I'm losing stuff that I loved and had passions for, but there's a time for everything, but I promise, if you look back at all the times God has taken you out of something, I guarantee if you look on the bright side of it, you are better off where you are now than what you were in. And maybe you don't see that. Maybe you think that what you were in, maybe what you're in now seems worse. But God got you out of that place. God got you out of that friendship. God got you out of that circumstance in your life because He knew later down on the road, years later, what would happen to you. Because God wants the best for us, but we don't understand that sometimes. We don't. We 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 think that because God wants the best for us, that He's going to listen to what we want. But we have finite minds, which means that we can't see into the future and we can't know what's going to happen years and years later. We can't be everywhere at any time and know everything. God is infinite. He knows everything. He knew you before He created the earth. He's made you in your mother's womb. You are special and you are loved and you are somebody that God highly loves. And He all loves us that way. One other thing, another thing I want to go over is you have to really, like I talked about, you really have to learn to forgive as well. People get angry, and then they get depressed when they don't forgive people. It'll get—I it, mean, unforgiveness gets stored up in your heart, and it'll make you bitter. The Bible says, "Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you." That's Ephesians four thirty-two. Also, it'll say, uh, "For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you." That's what Jesus says in Matthew six fourteen. If you don't forgive other people, God can't forgive you. And if you don't forgive other people, you're going to become angry. You're going to become. You're going to start hating on people. You're going to become depressed. You're gonna. You're gonna have so much, so many things struggling in your life, and every time that you struggle with anger towards someone or you struggle with um, depression or you just struggle with obsessive thoughts of hatred and anger. I want you to look in your heart and I want you to I want you to look deep deep down and I want you to ask God Lord is it, show me is there anybody I haven't forgiven yet that I'm still holding unforgiveness towards another thing I mean you, you have to forgive people but you also have to learn to forgive yourself as well. Cause it's like it's like Jesus says, you know, if you can't forgive, God can't forgive you. Cause a lot of times people lose their joy because they they don't take care of themselves, they don't rest, they don't forgive, they don't forgive themselves. And maybe you feel like you've lost your joy and you've lost the the energy you used to have, and you lost the joy and happiness you used to have all the time. But I want you to sit and think: are, are do you ever rest? I mean, when God made the, the when God made this earth. That is the ultimate task that nobody can do is create an earth. People say all the time, like, yeah, I created this and, you know, but created is making something out of nothing. All right, you had something. If you say I created this um, art thing, well, you had, you didn't create the brushes. You didn't create the Coloring tools, the drawing tools, you didn't create that. You had to have those in order to create that art piece. See, we can only make things. We can't create anything. I don't ever use that word, create, because I can't create anything. I can only make things because I have to rely on what God has made. But back to what I was saying, you know, God created the earth in six days and rested on the seventh. He had a whole day of rest, all that work creating this earth. I mean, I'm mad. Like when we go out, so I'm a photographer and I love obviously taking pictures of things and I'll go out and I see God's creation. I'm just blown away. It's amazing. The detail in things, the creatures and animals, the birds, the reptiles, it's just amazing. God's creation. And it's like. How did did you do this? I mean, this is perfect. It's literally perfect. But even though God made the most perfect thing on earth, the most perfect thing, he rested. And a lot of times you run and run and run and do and do and do and work and work and work. And you drain yourself and you lose your joy because you're constantly working. Your body is not made to constantly work. We are made in the image of God. We are to do what God does. God rested, so we are to rest. And like I understand that when you go through family crisis, you have to work. And I understand that. And I understand that you have to pay bills off. But sometimes you do need to have faith in God and trust Him. I mean, I use this all the time. Look at Chick-fil-A. They take Sundays off and they are the most successful, most successful fast food restaurant in the world. But they don't work on Sundays. They're not open on Sundays. Now, you would think if they opened on Sundays, they can get even more business. I mean, right after church is over, let's go Chick-fil-A and get the Lord's chicken and, you know, get our the half of our day going. And But they take Sunday off, and they are the most successful business. Guys, rest is a part of God's plan for our lives. And you can't expect to have energy and joy and happiness, and you, you can't expect to have that if you don't rest. And give your body time to rest, because I mean, if you're constantly busy, you never let yourself rest. I mean, it's it's proven that your body is not as healthy when you don't give it enough rest. Life doesn't always have to be about work and money. God set an example for us when He rested on that seventh day, and you don't. I mean, you don't have to rest on just Sunday. I mean, most people's rest days are Sunday or Saturday. That doesn't have to be you. Your rest day could be on a Monday or a Thursday. I mean, find the day that works best for you. Spend time with God on those days. I mean, like preachers, their rest day is not Sunday. That's their work day. Their rest day may be a Tuesday. I mean, my grandpa, he works on Sundays, but his rest days are on Thursdays or Tuesdays. That's the day that he's off and he rests. And it doesn't have to be Sunday. It doesn't have to be a religious thing. And it'll also have to be a set day. It could be a different day every week. As long as you have a day set aside that you are resting and spending time with God. Not sitting time playing video games or scrolling social media or binge watching Netflix or Disney Plus or Hulu. HBO, Matt, that's, that's, no, that's not, no. I'm talking about resting and spending time with God. Bible says in Psalm 1611, like what I was reading earlier, it says, You make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. It says, in God's presence, he is filled with joy. How can we get joy from God without His presence or without asking for it you we We expect all this from God, we expect God to give us this and give us this and give us this and give us this and I'm talking about like spiritual stuff like you know joy and peace and you know strength and stuff like that, but you do have to ask for things and i mean it goes with with physical objects as well. Um, you do have to still ask God. Now, he may say no when it comes to physical things, but, I mean, God does want you to ask him. He wants to know what's on your heart. But you also have to be willing to get an answer. And it may not always be the answer you want. And, like, we expect God just to be a genie for us, and we just be like, God, I want this. God, I want this. And we expect it to show up the next day. But that's not how it works. <laughs> there are times that when you ask for things, he will provide it for you. Like I remember, so I used to have a, uh, I, I used to have a iPhone seven plus. I was starting photography and stuff. And you know, this phone, you know, there's a couple of times that, you know, I was careless with it. And You know, it had a lot of cracks on it, and you know the camera just wasn't working as well. I was doing, I still doing really good at photography, but I needed something to help me really go beyond um, boundaries and and be able to take pictures that are way more professional looking. At the time, the twelve was out, and I was just praying. I was like, God, if this is in your will, I really, I just ask that if it's in your will that you provide me with a new phone to do photography with and be able to. Um, do my photography and videography, and I was like, God, I I just if it's the twelve mini, that's okay with me. I just need the camera to help me. About I'd say about five months later, my phone completely just is done, and that and it was like as soon as it like was just done, the thirteen came out. And God provided us with the ability to be able to get that. And now, I mean, I use that for my podcast to be able to record. I use that um, for when I do photography um, and I do videography outside um, of the podcast and stuff. And that was a blessing for me. Um, and I'm not saying that to brag. I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm just All I'm saying is just God will provide you what you need or what you may want. If it's in his will. We have to ask things in his will. Even Jesus prayed in God's will. He didn't demand God. He said, Father, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth. May his will be done on this earth as his will is done in heaven. This also applies for the fruit of the Spirit. You can't get a fruit basket without asking for it. The fruit will rot also if you don't use it. If you don't use, um, if you don't constantly consume peace and self-control and goodness and love, if you don't constantly consume yourself with that and fill yourself with that, it's going to rot and it's going to go. It's not going to last forever. You've got to choose it. you got to eat it. you got to consume it. One thing... I want to read this passage out of Habakkuk. Um I was I was actually originally gonna teach off of this, um, off Habakkuk and 2 Chronicles, but I don't know, it just didn't I didn't have peace in my heart, and I just felt like joy was just something that needed to be talked about. Um but in Habakkuk, Habakkuk is a prophet, um, and he received something from the Lord, but he has a complaint. And I, I want this really to give you joy because it it gave me joy as I was reading it. This is Habakkuk uh, chapter one, verse two. It says, How long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or cry out to you violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked him and the righteous so that justice is perverted. This is the Lord's answer to that. He says, Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. I'm raising up the Babylonians, that ruthless and impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth to seize dwellings, not their own. They are feared and dreaded people. They are a law to themselves and promote their honor. Their horses are swifter than leopards, fiercer than wolves at dusk. Their cavalry gallops headlong. Their their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an eagle swooping to devour. They all come intent on violence. Their hordes advance like a desert wind and gather prisoners like sand. They mock kings and scoff at rulers. They laugh at fortified cities by building earthen ramps. They capture them. Then they sweep past like the wind and go on. Guilty people whose own strength is their God. God is going to do something in this nation, in your life, in my life, that I would not believe, you would not believe, the nation would not believe, even if all of us were told. And that's something that's just absolutely crazy when I read that. I mean, it was just phenomenal to hear that that God is going to do because I, I really feel like this is something God's wanting um, for you and for me because I mean who like I just turned to that a long time ago I turned to that I just started reading it and I was just like wow and I truly do believe God is wanting to do something in our lives that we would not believe even if we were told but God cannot do things in our lives if we don't let him do it. If we don't step back and we don't let him do his will. If we try and control and grasp and hold on to things and not let go and let him do. Uh, if, If we don't step back, if we don't let go, if we don't let him do what he is known for and is best at, he can't do that in your life. Because you're too, big, you're you're in the way. You're doing things and you're staying in the way of God. Step back, let go, let God do what He is known for. He is not out of business when it comes to this stuff. This is the business He is known for, and He is consecutive with. He's been doing for four thousand years. Four thousand years he's been doing. All, my bad. Six thousand. I don't know why I said four thousand. I was thinking of um, like. Genesis to the Gospels 6,000 years 6,000 years he's been doing this so what's stopping him now Lord God we just thank you for the fact that we can have joy through you and we can have happiness and joy through you Lord God I pray that every single person that's listening right now that you would fill them with a spirit of joy Lord give them the boldness and strength to choose joy Even when they may just want to sit down and feel sorry for themselves and be angry at people, let them choose joy and forgiveness. Let them rest, Lord. God, we just rebuke and renounce the workaholic spirit over each and every family, each and every person that's listening right now by the name of Jesus Christ and by the blood of the Lamb. I pray, Lord God, that they would seek time to spend with you and seek time to live um, for you and seek time to read your word, pray to you. Lord God, in all these things, we pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Like I gotta fix my mic, it just <laughs> fell. Sorry, that probably sounded really bad. Um, but anyway, thank you guys for listening. Um, like I said, we don't have a video to go around, um, just some things going on. Um, but whenever we'll we get a video, but. Uh, probably what we're going to start doing, though, is when we have a special guest on, we'll do a video. Um, but if not, we're just going to keep it um, to the podcast. But if we, if I have like an interview on, a guest, something like that, uh, for sure we'll have a YouTube video for that one. Um, but other than that, we're probably just going to start recording it like this um, because it is taking up a lot of space having to record those videos. Um, I don't quite have all the equipment to do stuff like that. Um, But anyway, thank you guys for listening. Make sure to share this episode. Um, I pray that God fills you with so much joy you can't hold it all in. Um, You're going to be that crazy person in church. (laughs) Um, So thank you guys for listening. And stay on the mission. Keep looking. Keep climbing. Keep seeking God. And we will see you guys next week.